How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. No games on the schedule? No! That doesn't stop us from talking football. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Here are your hosts, past WFCA President Tom Swiddle and WSSP High School Insider Big Time Mike McGiver. Uh, Welcome into the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle. Coach, how you been? I've been great, Mike. How about you? Good. Is Ingrid listening, do you think? She is, for sure. I want to thank her. I want to thank her because uh, she sold the house that my my, uh, my daughter and son-in-law and three grandsons moved into last week. I'm still sore. By the way. <laughs> I'm still Tom, boys my age should not be moving pianos. Oh, well, I'll tell you about the worst summer I ever had working for a moving company, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. This was two two days, and uh, they had everything set up really nicely. They love the house. And I'm I glad to thank, hear that. I want to thank Ingrid, because she did a great job. And uh, she's just one of my favorite people in the world, as you know that. And, yes. and yours, too, because she's just a, such a nice person. And I know there are some challenges with this bad boy, and you now talk to. I don't know if you <laughs> we'll know. We'll talk off air. I don't know if you know, <laughs> but I know. And we'll talk uh, when we go to a break, and I'll fill you in on a couple of things. But I want to thank her, and uh, the kids love the house. Glad to hear that. Yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna live there for a very long time. It's a great neighborhood and a good location. I'm sad, but other than that, my wife's sad. You know, they lived across the street from us for a long time, and these three grandsons, uh, we watch them as they sure. grow. You know. They'd step in the street, and I'm, you know, yelling at them, get out of the street, and I can't do that. But they're very happy with that house. So, Ingrid, thank you so much for your help. Hey, we're talking a lot about youth football today, and uh, uh, perfect timing on this thing. So thank you for setting this up. Let me run through the show. Uh, Ryan Fensel, who is he's with the Green Bay Packers, organized and hosted the Green Bay Packers State Youth Football Forum on March 9th. We're going to talk to him for a couple segments uh, Wade Lebecki, the uh, deputy director of the WIAA, who spoke at that uh, that youth football forum. We're going to talk to him from 10.30 to 11, 11 to 11.30. Mike Brewer, who's been on the show, good guy, Ten Schneider, uh, president. He's uh, with the Waukesha Youth Football. Uh, Mike Brewer is the commissioner of the All-American Youth Football League. We're going to talk to those guys for a couple segments. And then 11.30 noon, Matt Kern, head football coach in Berlin-Eisenhower, and uh, Mark Bartolotta, he is a program administrator for Whitefish Bay Youth Football, going to join us uh, in studio as well. We're joined now by uh, Ryan Fensel. He is the football outreach specialist for the Green Bay Packers. Ryan, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing today, guys? Yeah, we're doing good. It's a perfect day to be talking youth football. How are things going on uh, up in Green Bay? Everything's going well? Everything is going well. You know, we got the sunshine. We're supposed to get up into the 80s today. So, yeah, no complaints up here. Hey, I'll be up there in uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks. Where our uh, my wife and I celebrating year th- 
37, I think. I oh, Mike, I should on. know. Be quiet, Tom. I think <laughs> something like that. And we're staying at that Kohler Lodge. I was up there for a Pella uh, Window and Doors of Wisconsin event, and we're staying across the street, and we can look at Lambeau Field, and we're going to celebrate a pretty important anniversary. It's really important if I knew the exact year, I guess, but <laughs> um, we're going to be up there in a couple of weeks, so I look forward to being up in Green Bay and spending some time up there. Hey, Ryan, can we talk a little bit about um, what a football outreach specialist for the Packers, what what you do and what your, your job description is? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my role with the team is is to be involved with any kind of youth football or high school football or any kind of football outreach programming events that, that the Packers put on. So give you a couple ideas what those are. Obviously the state forum, which we'll be touching on shortly, but we also run a parents clinic for parents of youth and high school football coaches just to help educate them and and show them how this game is being played better and safer than it ever has before. We put on football outreach camps at elementary schools. Um, this year we are hosting our, our very first Battle of the Badges football tournament, uh, which was uh, scheduled originally for May uh, 18th, and unfortunately due to the, the tragedy that happened with the Appleton Fire Department, um, we decided that uh, it was right to, to postpone that event, so that's now going to be taking place. July 20th um, over in Titletown. And uh, we also have a, our coaching school, which is for youth football coaches. That's uh, actually coming up next weekend, um, and which will be hosted here at Lambeau. And then we also spend some time in our indoor practice facility, the Don Hudson Center. Um, and then once we get into the fall season, we start looking at our, um, our youth football scrimmages during the preseason games at halftime. Uh, we pick up our, our outreach camps again, and we also host what's called an Exceptional Abilities Challenge, which is it's a, uh, it's a fun day of, of exhibition games for athletes with special needs over in Titletown. Um, and then we do our, our Salute to Service Tournament, which is a flag football tournament for uh, the, the five branches of our armed forces to, to get up there, mix it up, and, and compete. Well, I'll tell you what, you're busy. Ryan, <laughs> you're busy, and I'm wondering, do other NFL teams, is is this standard throughout the NFL, or have, have the Packers taken this to a whole new level? You know, each, each NFL team has their own set of programming. A lot of things are similar, um, but there's a lot of things that we do that, that other teams don't do. So we, we kind of have that freedom. To, to take our football outreach program to, to as high as we, we want to take it and, and can take it. So, um, yeah, it's, there's definitely different levels of football outreach throughout the NFL, but, you know, we pride ourselves on, on our, our, you know, top-of-the-line programming and events that we put on for the community. You know what's impressive to me, Ryan? You guys have, um, I don't know what it is nowadays, but, but a waiting list for season tickets for 25 or 30 years. And so th- – it's you're not doing this to attract people to buy season tickets to come watch the Packers play. You're sold out every home game, and so you don't need this kind of stuff other than giving back to the community, which obviously is very important to you and the Green Bay Packers. Absolutely, that's you know that's that's the main thing. Every event that that I run in my you know, in in football outreach, they're all free events. You know, we want to give back to the community that, that continues to come out to, to the games. And like you said, we sell out every game. There's a waiting list 
uh, for years and years, and, and to be able to give back to the community and bring, you know, this great game of, of football to everybody in different ways, whether that's, you know, their kids playing or whether that's them playing personally, um, but just to be able to bring the community together and, and rally around the sport and, and most importantly have fun, have fun doing it. You know, that's that's my goal in, in my position is to expose people to this, to this game that might otherwise not experience it. So uh, the more events that we can put on and and share with the community, the better. Ryan, I attended and spoke at the Youth Forum on March 9th. And first of all, big congratulations for putting on a great event um, you had over 40 different youth organizations from around the state there. And for the Packers to take uh, the lead on this is is just truly uh, wonderful. Um, you know, it happens to to fall in line with a big initiative for the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association. Uh, youth football has been on our radar for a while, and, and now it is one of our main things that we want to get involved in. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we've talked about the, the forum. I, I just like to go over the agenda once of, of all the people that were there just to give our listeners an, an idea of all the different things that were covered. Um, Mark Murphy, the Green Bay Packer president spoke and, and boy, he got a lot of questions about the upcoming draft at that thing and the needs. And that was quite interesting. Um, Wade Lebecki from the WIAA spoke again, and, and, you know, we've partnered with the WIAA on so many different things and, and to have Wade there and contribute and, and Wade will be on the show uh, in, in a little bit. And, and he can talk about the things that he talked of. And then you had, Dr. Kevin Walter from the Medical College of Wisconsin. It's it's really interesting to to get the other side of the the medical part of football. You know, it, it gets bashed in the media, but yet if you talk to some doctors and so on, there's a, there's a different way of looking at things. Um, USA Football was involved. Mike Cuzone spoke, and and uh, uh, they're very involved in in youth football. Um, and then myself and Doug Sarver spoke on behalf of the WFCA. And then, of course, what I thought was really good was the town hall meeting at the end. Um, you know, when you put this agenda together, uh, Ryan, you know, what were the different things you wanted to be certain to cover? Yeah, so the way that this forum all, you know, began, uh, USA Football and the Packers, we used to have state forums very similar to this, actually before my time, and then there had been a kind of a lag in, in when we had had one. And I had received requests from, from several different coaches saying, hey, you know, we should really bring this state forum back. It's great to be able to bring all of these different youth football presidents and commissioners together to, to bounce ideas off of each other and to, you know, discuss the, the latest and greatest in the game so that we can help to, you know, continue to, to push this game to the next level. Obviously, with, with the decline in participation numbers, we want to get everybody together and figure out ways, okay, how can, we, how can we increase this? How can we change that narrative uh, from, you know, acting, you know, discussing why kids shouldn't play football to discussing, you know, here are the benefits to your kids coming out and playing football, you know, the, the different – life skills that they're going to learn, the friendships that they're going to make are, are you know, unmatched to if they weren't to be out playing this great sport. So, you know, that was, that was part of the things that we wanted to focus on when we put this all together. You know, and actually, when we were in the process of myself and, and Mike Cazzoni, and as well as Ted Schneider, um, talking about how we could put this together, Dan Brunner from, the, from WFCA 
reached out to me and said they had a, a very similar idea of, of, a, of a forum that they wanted to put together this year. And I said, you know, Dan, we're actually in the process of, of doing, doing this, you know, in a few short months. So from there, it kind of, it kind of picked up momentum. You know, Dan hopped on board, and, and you guys, thanks again, Tom, for coming and speaking, and, and Doug to, to bring uh, representatives from the, the WFCA there. Um, and and include the WIAA as well. So, you know, it was just a it was a great event to get, like I said, people in the room together to discuss where the state of the game is in youth football. Because at the end of the day, that that's that's where football starts with a lot of people is at the youth level, and we want that experience to be a positive one. Whether they're playing flag football, whether they're playing tackle football, you know, it doesn't it does to me personally and to you know, for the Packers, we don't we don't have a preference. You know, we don't say, "Hey, at this age, you you should be playing tackle, you should be playing flag." We just want people to play the game because of those values that I that I mentioned earlier that are that will you know be instilled in these players throughout their life just from playing this sport and being together and making friendships. So, um, like I said, we want to continue to improve participation rates. We want to um, have have these coaches informed and educated as as best as possible because you know if if a kid has a bad experience with a coach early on they may stop playing football so no doubt. the more the more we can educate our coaches on on proper fundamentals and techniques um and translate that to the kids, the better our, our sport is going to be in the end. He is Ryan Fensel, football outreach specialist with the Packers. We have to get to a break before we do. Before I worked here for the radio stations 15, 16 years ago, I worked for a sports marketing company, and we put on an event out at uh, in Green Bay, Don Hudson Center, for two or three years called the WLF, which stood for Women Love Football. And we had 100 women. We had five um, groups of 20. And the one group, they, they taught them how to throw a football. The next group, how to block, how to kick. My job was we had 20, and I had some, some Packer wives there. And I was basically Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Phil all in one. <laughs> we had to answer. All it was was an open 20-minute dialogue. And there were questions like, what is it like for you when your, your husband goes on the road? You know, are you part of the, the um, PTA here? You know, what's it like when you and him go shopping at the local store? Those kinds of questions, and it was really, really interesting. And these women came, and we had a little wine and cheese thing before, and then they actually put shoulder pads on, and they put a helmet on, and they found out what it was like to block and to catch and to kick. And, yeah, it was really fun. It was a fun Sounds event. Sounds like it. Yeah, and, you know, we never, both, I think it was two years, we had 100 winners, and all 100 showed up. And and one year, in fact, we had 102, and we're like, "How did you hold on a second? <laughs> well, my friend said I could come, so we let him go. Hey, let's uh, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, Ryan Fensel is going to continue uh, speaking with us again. Football outreach specialist for your Green Bay Packers. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented as always by our friends at Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's Tom Swiddle. He's the past president of the WFCA, WFCA Hall of Fame member, high school football coach in this area for a long time. And our guest, he's uh, he's a good one, man, doing a lot of good work. 
up in that Green Bay area and all throughout the state, for that matter. Ryan Fensel, football outreach specialist for the Green Bay Packers. Hey, Ryan, can I get your background where you grew up and and have you always been a Packer fan? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up a mile from Lambeau Field uh, (laughs) over in Eshwabnon here. Um, So I was one of these kids running up around the stadium during training camp, having players ride my bike down to practice. Um, So I've, you know, the Packers have have been with me since day one. So I I worked in in our Packers pro shop throughout high school and and, uh, after college. I I was working down in Madison for a while in finance and then wanted to get back to the area in Green Bay and you know, was fortunate enough that this position was open, and and, and boy, I, I mean, it, it's worked out great. It's a perfect role for me, and I, and I love what I'm doing. What a dream come true for a kid that grew up a mile from the stadium. Yeah, absolutely. Man, good good for you. A boy can come come home. Hey, when when you talk about a lot of the things that you guys are doing, and, and one of the, the 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 mission statements, I think, is to to get people to understand, to get coaches, parents, players to understand. And the reason this this show started years ago is is Tom and I both think football has never been safer to play. Look, it's it, it is a violent collision sport, so there are going to be some injuries. But it's as far as coaching and the way these guys are practicing and teaching to keep their head out of the game, I, we believe that football has never been safer to play. Absolutely. I mean, one of the, you know the, the things that we always say, and we work with USA Football a lot, is is to encourage coaches if they're not already with USA Football to to become heads up certified. You know, it's not it's not a very expensive thing. I believe it's like twenty five dollars to become head heads up certified. But what that does is it it opens you up to an unlimited number of of resources for training. Uh, for your practices, education on, on heat and hydration, as you mentioned, keeping the head out of the game, keeping the heads up, teaching good techniques. And, you know, as I mentioned before, we want we want coaches. I mean, a lot of coaches, unfortunately, certain times, not necessarily unfortunately, but, but there won't be a coach. So parents will be out there coaching the youth kids. And, and you know, that, that's amazing. We, we absolutely applaud these parents that, that help out and, and stand in. And be a coach, and you know when you take on that role, you know one of the most important things that you can do is then become educated on the safety of the game because you want to lay that that groundwork for starting these kids at a young age to play the game properly, to play it with good techniques, keeping that head up, um, keeping it out. You know that the the narrative of football has changed so much over the years. When I was in high school, you know the things that we practiced uh, are a lot different than the messages that that are our practice today you know so just being able to to set that groundwork and and have kids start playing football safe uh from day one is is huge so we always encourage coaches uh at all levels whether that's that's youth whether it's middle school whether it's high school to to work with usa football become certified um and it can really help the game improve you know, uh, Ryan, sometimes uh, youth coaches just need someone to sort of lead them a little bit. It's not like they you know, are doing it for the wrong reasons or anything, but I remember um, one time uh, it was just oppressively hot out. I mean, it was like you know, in the 90s and 100% humidity. It was just ridiculous. And um, at Brookfield East, we had the opportunity to go inside an air-conditioned uh, field house to practice, which we did for a couple of days during this this heat stretch. And 
Um, I remember my trainer came in and said, Coach, you might want to go out there. I go, why? He goes, well, you've got all your youth teams practicing out there in full pads. You know, I went out there and I was like, gentlemen, you have to give them this day off. You cannot be out here in these conditions, you know. And, uh, I mean, they mean well, the coaches mean well, but sometimes they just need somebody to sort of uh, lay the groundwork for them. Ryan, I'd like to ask you, you know, you had over 40 organizations at the forum in March. I'm just wondering what kind of feedback you got. The discussion that I saw was excellent, and it seemed like everybody was on the same page. And it doesn't mean everybody's doing it the same way, but everybody's on the same page in terms of redefining what youth football looks like. Um, What kind of feedback did you get? Yeah, overall, we received, you know, very positive feedback from the forum. You know, we're looking to make this now a yearly event, um, and we want to continue to to have more of these youth football leagues um, and the presidents and commissioners come to this forum to get everybody. Like I said, it's it's hard getting everybody in the same room when, at the end of the day, we all have the same goal. Everybody, like you said, we'll, we'll do things their way to a certain extent, but just to have them in the room and be able to bounce ideas and best practices off on one another is extremely positive. So, um, you know, the more that we can continue this conversation with, with how to improve the game, the, the better we can make it in our state. We're talking uh, with Ryan Fensel. He's the football outreach specialist for the Green Bay Packers. Hey, Tom, how important is the relationship between the Packers and the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association? Very important. I mean, we've had, um, I think, overall a great relationship with the Packers. They've done a lot of things um, for us as an organization, from providing speakers for our clinics to, you know, hosting things um, on our behalf. In fact, you know, we have our one of our Hall of Fame displays is at Lambeau Field in the atrium that, the, you know, the Packers have so graciously allowed us to to use. And they also host our All-State uh, banquet in January. It, you know, it's a first-class organization, and they've done a lot of great things for from, us. From top to bottom. From top to bottom. Yeah, there's no doubt. From top to bottom. And, again, when we talked in that first segment of, look, Ryan and the Packers aren't doing this because they're trying to sell season tickets. They don't need to sell season tickets. They don't need to get more. Look, everybody I think in this area is a Packer fan. I just do it. There's a couple of Bear fans, but, the, you know, whatever. Nobody likes those guys. And uh, we, <laughs> He's not paying attention no, to you right now. Fan. You know, oh. uh, you know, he's a Cubs fan, but he's a Jessup. Oh, I didn't know He's that. a season ticket holder Oh, wow. with, with the Packers. And uh, he is uh, green and gold all the way through when it comes to, to that. But this is cool that... You know, they, they've always seen the WFCA as somebody that they should team up with and not team against. Right, exactly. And and we're so grateful for that, Mike. Uh, the, You know, it just lends credibility when you have the Green Bay Packers involved, which is why this, this state youth football forum, the fact that the Packers put it on, that they hosted it, that and, and Ryan did an unbelievable job with this. Um, it just made it a first-class a situation. Hey, you guys have gone through it now, and you set that template. What What do you think you can do different or better with year two of the youth forum, the youth football forum? Ryan, is there anything that you can you you guys can tweak to to make it even better next year? Yeah, I think I think one thing that we might look to to do is is extend that that town hall feel of kind of opening up the floor. 
it, you know, we had a lot of great speakers as, as uh, you know, Tom himself was there, uh, Doug Saver, and then, um, you know, all of our Wade Lebecki and Dr. Walter. But um, what we also want to do is focus on having having these commissioners and presidents come and express their needs in that open forum and get that conversation going. So I think that's something that we're going to look to to uh, extend next year is just having that open floor, open forum to get these ideas flowing um, and, and break out into different groups. And uh, the more that, that these guys can come together and express their opinions, um, because at the end of the day, they're going to go back to their leagues, take what they've what they've come away with, and and use it in their program, or at least we hope so. You know, we want them to to walk away feeling like, okay, you know, I had this on my mind going into it. Uh, I bounced it off all these other guys throughout the state, and here's what I can do with it moving forward. Ryan, I can attest as as uh, Doug and I left uh, the forum um, that day, the, the discussion by. The participants going to their cars in the parking lot was stimulating. I mean, everybody was fired up. So I don't think you'll have any trouble whatsoever uh, extending that town hall uh, aspect of the forum. Great, great, excellent. No, it was it was a great day. It really was. Hey guys, we got to get to break. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate your willingness to come on. Can Ryan Fensley is a football outreach specialist for your Green Bay Packers. Ryan, have a good weekend. Happy Memorial Day. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Ryan. When you get to a break, other side of the break, Wade Lebecchia, he is the deputy director of the WIAA, also spoke at that March 9th Packer State Youth Forum, and we will talk to him about that. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside my co-host, he's Tom Swiddle. Hey, Coach, we're trying to reach out to Wade Lebecki. We'll get to him here in a minute. Uh, boy, Ryan Fensel, was he good? He was. And, and again, I, I can't emphasize enough. What a first-class event that forum was March 9th. How, how many people attended? Boy, it had to be in the area of around, well, there were over 40 organizations there. So there was probably, you know, 70 to 75 people perhaps in that room. Yeah, it's good. And it was at the new title town, you know, complex across the street from Lambeau. Boy, is that beautiful. Hey? It is. It's beautiful. And um, the food was good. I mean, everything was, was good. Yeah, and I would assume that you're too, you're hoping the attendance to go up a little bit. Well, I think, well, you know, I don't know. I wasn't involved in, in uh, you know, inviting the, the participants of the forum. Um, you know, as long as you've got everybody, you know, uh, there, you know, from these different organizations, you know, at least you have one person, I think, you know, you're doing okay. Hey, what did you speak on up there? What was your topic? Well, I, I kind of gave a history of, of um, you know, youth football in a way. You know, I, and I kind of used uh, Wauwatosa as a backdrop. Um, you know, there was a time for Tulsa East and Tulsa West where, um, you know, you had the dynamic of, you know, every kid that came to your school probably played some form of youth football with, at that time, it was junior highs, but 
eighth and ninth grades uh, had football at, at Whitman and at Longfellow and Hawthorne. Those were the three schools that fed Tulsa East and Tulsa West. And you had every Catholic school in, in Wauwatosa had football. You know, so everybody who came out for football for the first time in high school in 10th grade, you know, had played before. Well, Wauwatosa in 82 made their, you know, they dropped the junior high concept, moved ninth grade into the high school, became middle schools, and they dropped football. And sort of one by one in the 70s and 80s, all the Catholic grade schools dropped football. So, you know, coaching at Tulsa East, you know, we would get kids that came out for freshman football that, that didn't have it. And so I tried to emphasize that, you know, these youth organizations are actually the ones that have taken the place of what schools used to provide and and their importance in that, you know. Uh, The man that I replaced at Wauwatosa East, John Richmond, Hall of Fame coach, great coach, you know, um, he said to me one time, uh, you know, he goes, you don't have any idea what my winning percentage was prior to 1982, which was, you know, that when when the junior highs, uh, became middle schools and all football was dropped. And I said, I don't know, John. I mean, he won a lot of games. I said, I don't know, 700. He goes, it was like 720. Wow. And then he said, do you know what my winning percentage is after 1982? And this was like the early 90s when we had this discussion. It was like 525. Yeah, he, you know? he didn't become a worse coach. Right. Yeah. It just he, didn't have. And, and every year, that's when we were in the North Shore Conference, Mike, and every single year, our freshmen seemed to open up against Port Washington, which had a couple of youth football organizations right. that fed them, and we just got destroyed. Now, by the time our kids became seniors, we had caught up. You know what I mean? But, sure. But it was just so obvious who had played football and who hadn't. And then, you know, they, they kind of groomed me. They asked me to take over for John well before he retired, so I knew I was going to be doing it. And... um so one of the things that was high on my list of to do was to start youth football. At at that forum, and, and Ryan, I thought, did a great job of explaining not only the forum but a lot of the different things that, that he does. The The goal behind that youth football forum was, was what, what, do, what were you guys trying to accomplish at the end of the day? Well, I think one of the things, and, and we'll certainly get into this with Ted Schneider and, and Mike Brewer who attended and, and represented their – their leagues, but I, I think, you know, we're looking for uniformity of some sort in youth football. And um, you remember last year, Mike, we had Rob Younger on from yep. uh, Oregon, sure, who is somebody that that Dan Brunner has seen speak, and and they've done a lot of really neat things in Oregon with youth football. Um, you know, just to sort of have the same template out there, I think is would be good. Um, and I think that's the kind of discussion that was going on there. And, and nothing was decided, obviously. Right. There's, you know, we're not saying, okay, fifth grade you're doing this, sixth grade you're doing that. Um, and I know some of the leagues, including uh, Ted, Ted's league, is, you know, they, they do some things that are really different than, um, you know, what youth football has been in the past. Um, but it's just, you know, that uniformity throughout the state everybody on the same page, and everybody trying to keep football a very viable sport. Hey, where are you on the scale of, of hey, let's not let kids uh, play tackle football until they're, you know, eighth grade or freshman year, or, you know, let's stay with flag and, and get kids to fall in love with the game and not be afraid of the game. Where are you on that sliding scale? You know, when I started the program at Wauwatosa East, we had sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. 
And shortly thereafter, I added fifth grade. And the reason I added fifth grade was that's the year when kids start playing select soccer. And, you know, my fear was there are kids that are going to get into select soccer and they're never going to think about football. So give them an option, sure. you know, at that age. Um, looking back at that and all the years that I was involved in youth football and I was really involved. I was one of the few head coaches out there that was really, really involved in their youth organization. Um, you know, I, I think like fifth and sixth grade could easily become something different than full contact or 11-on-11 football. But I do think that once you get into 7th and 8th grade, you have to transition and start playing you know, 11-man football with 11-man rules. Yeah, and, and tackling. And, yes, yes. Yeah, it's interesting because there is a fraction of people that throughout the state that think, you know what, if, if we do, let's not teach and have kids play tackle football until they're freshmen in high school. They know how to play. They know the rules. They they know all of it, but we're not losing them because of fear. You know, if we lose them to another sports because they don't have interest or they don't feel like they're 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 good enough, but it's not going to be because of fear. And there are some people that have talked to me here in the last year, saying, "Look, I, they think that that's the direction that football should be going to keep numbers up." Well, you know what's interesting, Mike when. We typically would get, and of course this is some time ago, but we would get anywhere from 38 to 42 kids out for freshman football at Wauwatosa East, year after year after year after year. And once we started the Wauwatosa East Junior Raiders, I saw a drop in our numbers you know, for, for uh, freshman football. Not dramatic, but you know, we weren't getting 40 anymore. We were getting 32 and then 30, you know. And I think what happens is when you, when your first taste of football as, as a freshman in high school, you, know, you you decide pretty quickly: is this something I want to do, or is this something that you know I don't right. want to do? And and so our big drop off used to be between freshman and sophomore year. We might go from forty to twenty eight or something like that, you know. Um, but now, when when we started youth football, that drop off was freshman year. And I think there are some kids that have just figured out, you know, that that you know football might not be their thing after right. playing it for a couple of years, you know. So, um, you know, I don't know what the answer is. You know, I you know, it depends who you talk to. Uh, you know, nobody can agree on the same thing is do what you, I've learned. Do you think that that things like this this Packer State Youth Football Forum, obviously, it's in the right direction to have everybody in the same room? Look, we're. You're, you might not ever get everybody to agree on all of it, but if the goal of this is to keep participation, keep kids healthy, teach them the sport that we all love and the things that they can learn from, from, from this sport through the roof, if everybody's in that room together, even though they might not all agree, if everybody's on the same page to what the goal is, man, we're farther ahead than we were before it. Oh, completely agree with that, Mike. Completely agree with that. And... Again, you know, thinking back to that town hall discussion that was the end of the forum, I mean, I, I think I can say that people are on the same page. You know, they, they want to do the right thing with youth football. And, uh, you know, and we're probably a ways away from, you know, totally agreeing on how it will look. And maybe we'll never agree. And everybody does the same thing, you know, with youth football. But I think there, there certainly is a willingness to take a look at what's happening and, and to do the right thing. You know, last week on the Youth Sports Show, we were talking South Milwaukee youth football. And the, head, the, the, the guy who runs it 
um, he uh, he was here, and, and John Gillespie was here, and and uh, the guy who runs it brought his dad, who coached at Lake Milwaukee Madison, and um, tough guy. I thought he broke my hand when he shook my hand, <laughs> but he talked about look, it's it's important, you know. I can't coach these kids the way that I was coached back in the day. And the guy was a little bit older than I am. And he played at Iowa State. And, he, you know, he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. But he said, in order to keep the numbers up, look, we're not doing bull in the ring anymore. We're not yeah. doing nutcracker drills yeah. anymore. We're not doing all those drills that I really enjoyed when well, I was a kid. But we can't do that for the health of these kids. Right. I have to laugh. When I spoke at the forum, there was a picture right behind me. It was adorned with all these Packer pictures, you know, and right behind me was a picture of from probably the 30s or 40s, a guy, one of those hanging dummies, right, yeah. from a chain. Yeah. And a guy was doing a cross body block on that thing, which you can't do anymore. But, you know, all these guys are lined up watching this guy do this cross body block. And I made the point to say when I was at Christ King School playing you know, 6th, 7th, 8th grade football there, we used to do that drill live. You know, where you were, one guy just ran into a guy, you know, knees up. The other guy would come and whip his body across your knees oh, and take you out. You know, we practiced that. Can yeah, you no, imagine? Not practicing that anymore. I think I was in the room that, that you're talking about. There's a Vince Lombardi picture there as well. I believe so. Yeah. Um, for, I was up there for like the second floor. Yeah. For yeah. The yeah. Pella yeah. Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. They had their yeah. uh, President's Club. And my brother spoke, and I got to oh. be there. And, and I was sitting at uh, at the table with Gina Della from Pella and with John Callwards, who is the owner of Pella, Wisconsin. And I said, it was Wayne Larravee spoke, and my brother spoke. And I said to, to John, are you, are you speaking? He said, yeah. I said, and John's a really nice man, but yeah. he's not the kind of guy that's going to get up and motivate you. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, you got to motivate these people, the sales group. And he goes, well, that's not me. I said, well, you better find that inner you <laughs> in the next 20 minutes. He said, okay. Got up. He said, hey, I've, I, I've been told. He addressed the room. He said, I've been told I have to motivate you. You guys know that's not me, so thank goodness I have a surrogate. Mike McGivern, come on up, please. <laughs> completely caught me off guard. And as I'm walking up, shaking my head, there's a picture of Vince Lombardi. So you know what? how I started. Whoa. It's three things important. Your faith, your family, and Pella Windows and Doors of <laughs> Wisconsin. So I've been in that room. It's absolutely, man, it's really a great place. That, oh, that whole area now. Oh, yeah. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation. We've tried to reach out to Wade LeBecki. Cannot get a hold of him. And uh, no worries on that because we've got a lot to talk about. Talking about youth football. A lot of different areas here today. In fact, 11 to 11.30, Mike Brewer is going to join us along with Ted Schneider. 11.30 to noon, Matt Kern, head football coach at New Berlin Eisenhower. And then Mark Mike Bortolotti. He's a program administrator at Whitefish Bay Youth Football. will be in studio. This is... The Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show, as always presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Mike McGivern alongside my co-host, he's Tom Swiddle. 11 to 11.30, Mike Brewer is going to be here. Ted Schneider will be here. 
11.30 to noon. We're going to talk some to some high school guys, kind of, I guess. Right? Matt Kern, who's in charge of uh, the program over at New Berlin-Eisenhower, and then we're going to talk some Whitefish Bay Youth football. We're still trying to reach Wade LeBecky. He's having a little problem with our phones, I think. Uh, I think he's calling in right now. Hey, Tom, Wade was a big part of this, uh, the Packer State Youth Football Forum, correct? Very big part. Excellent speaker, as he always is. You know, I mean, Wade... He, he presented information that just absolutely had to be heard. Wade was a great speaker? Yes. Wade Lebecki. Wade Lebecki. From the WIA? No, that I'm Wade Lebecki. We're joined now by Wade Lebecki. Wade, how you been? You know, I heard all that. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we had John. I'm sorry, Wade. Man, I'm just kidding. You know that. How you been? Everything's good? Everything's good, yes. It's good. 70 degrees up here in Rhinelander, so that's the first time in a long time it's been warm. Yeah, it's a, that's perfect. Hey, Wade, we are spending a lot of time on today's show uh, discussing the March 9th uh, Packer State Youth Football Forum and wondering your thoughts on that forum. You know, I thought it went real well, and, and it was it was well attended, and what we're going to try to do is work with the Coaches Association and the Packers to go ahead and get as many of um Youth community youth football program uh, directors to go ahead and contact Dan Brunner and give them contact information. And if they can give uh, Dan the uh, contact information, we'll go ahead and try to create a network with the Packers, Youth Football, and the Football Coaches Association so we can, you know, build upon youth football because, you know, obviously that's the lifeblood of high school football and even the higher levels. And we want to really promote, you know, good football at all levels. You know, Wade, you presented a lot of good information at the forum, and uh, you know, there's no way we can in you know this short segment to get through everything. But one of the things that that you have your your finger on all the time are participation numbers, and I, I think they're eye opening because it's not quite as bad as as it seems when you look at that. Can you sort of summarize quickly, you know, participation numbers at the high school level, perhaps trends over the last ten years or so? Yeah, you know, I think that's important, Tom, because there's multiple reasons, I believe, of why participation numbers have gone down. I think, you know, when when you look at the football numbers, and, and they, they have gone down a little bit, uh, you know, in, in 2006 it was, uh, you know, pretty much peak. And uh, when you look at the numbers, and I'll, go, I'll just go 2006, we were right around uh, 30,000, 31,000 kids. And the peak number, I think, was earlier, about 2003, at, at uh, 33,700. But... That's in 2006, where the where the numbers have have peaked, and in the last year, or, or in you know 10 years from there, our football numbers are right around 27,000. So we've gone down, and everybody gets worked up that you've lost a lot of kids. But the key fact is that in 2006 there were 325,000 kids in grades 9 through 12 in high school. In last year in high school, there were only two, 289,000. So we've gone down. Uh, quite a bit. In fact, we've gone down 12.9% in kids grades 9 through 12. Well, football's gone down 12.8%. So when you compare the overall school population going down to the football population going down, it's the same. So less kids in school, less kids to play football. So we really have to take that and keep that in mind. In fact, I tell people my biggest worry is football, football or wrestling rather. Wrestling's gone down 18%. That's larger than the 12.9%. Girls softball has gone down 22%. Girls basketball has gone down somewhere around 19%. Those are the sports that really concern me when we're talking about participation numbers because 
football has maintained that steady decrease. We'd like to see it different than that. But that means that we now have to recruit in our hallways and we have to retain kids. I think that's the important piece because, in, you know, at the youth football uh, clinic, I try to impress upon the people that there's reasons and studies on why kids play football and reasons on why they participate in youth uh, sports. The number one reason is to have fun. And then they want, number two is to do something they're good at. Three is to improve their skills. Four is to stay in shape. And five is to get exercise. Winning is down the list a great deal, a, a, a huge I mean, we're talking down probably about number 80 out of 100. And we have to keep that in mind when we're talking about youth football and even freshman football and JV football because what do they want to do? They want to have fun. They want to be with their buddies. You know, and, and when you look at reasons why they quit, number one reason, it's not fun. So you have to find ways of making things more fun for kids. You know, you don't run, you know, 50-50 or 50-40s Instead, you go ahead and play tag or you have some fun activity that the kids are still getting their conditioning exercise in, but they're not being feeling like they're being punished and it's not fun anymore. The number two reason is bullying and teasing. And, you know, that's, that's a big piece. Coaches have to stay on top of that. You know, if, if somebody's a little chubby and, and, and uh, the kids are getting on them, you got to nip that. You know, if somebody's going ahead and then getting on them because they're not as far in maturation cycles or whatever. You have to go ahead and stop that so the kids aren't, you know, don't feel that they're being bullied and teased. Then number three, they would rather get playing time than sitting on a bench on a winning team. And I think that's important. You know, I I always point to John Holk. He does a wonderful job down there at Lancaster. His participation numbers, he does not lose kids. They stay out for football, and they, they, whether they're freshmen. You know, I did one year, looked at John's numbers, and 15 freshmen out, 15 finished. 17 sophomores out, 17 finished. 15 juniors out, 17 finished. So he gained two juniors during the year, and 15 seniors out, 15 finished. That's unbelievable. And if you can retain like that, you can go ahead and you can have a successful program, and that will help your participation numbers. You know, and one of the keys is is a Division Five football program or Division Six football program, he's able to go ahead and two platoon. But what's that telling you? The kids aren't sitting on the bench they're getting on the field and they're on a winning team. So I think, you know, sports can be both fun and competitive and we really have to find out how we can do that. Uh, You know, you can play games during the practices. You can focus on, you know, the values of facing the challenges, uh, facing adversity, persevering. Remember football is such a unique sport that we have to really tell people the benefits of the program of, of participating but we have to make those kids feel like they're part of uh, something that's fun. We have to stop yelling. We have to go ahead and, and stay on schedule. You know, there's nothing worse than going to practice and, and thinking it's going to be over at 5 and you're getting out of there at 6. So there's a whole lot of things, I think, that we can make our programs more successful in retaining those numbers. Wade, that's, that's absolutely great information for any coach in any sport at any level. Now, wait. You are also very, very involved with the national federation. So you you go to these meetings that include all of the the states, all of their athletic associations. What kinds of things are discussed at the national level regarding football or or possibly youth football at the national level? You know, the interesting thing is at the national level. Of course, we're always looking at minimizing risk and. Uh, You know, I think we've done a real good job with the targeting fouls and with, you know, no bunch kicks on the the kickoffs and that. And 
there was a recent study that Don Comstock did out at Colorado, and, and they found it was interesting. They found that there are no more injuries or concu- there are no more injuries on kickoffs than there are on any average play. There's 1.2 injuries on a kickoff, and there's 4.2 on any average play. Uh, you know, in football, so for every 1.2 you know, for all the kickoffs, there's 1.2 injuries, and for all, every play in the game, there's 4.2 injuries. So you get there's more chance of being injured on a regular play than there is on on the kickoffs. There's more concussions on a kickoff. So, but we found that kickoffs are actually safer than everybody's claiming to be. And wow. The adjustments at the, at the National Football League, and uh, this is, in the high school, it doesn't really justify it. But I, you know, what we're seeing now is we're we're getting back to playing rules. So we're hopefully going to be able to do some instant replay of the championship games in Camp Randall if we can get the mechanics down. Um, they changed the clock. A big one, I think, is going to the coaches will notice and, and referees will have to learn is they're going to have to uh, use a 40-second clock. So what happens, and, and we don't have to install shot clocks, so I don't want people to get worked up, but what, uh, what will happen is when the ball is dead, they start, they win 40 seconds with the back judge right away. And then they throw the ball out, and when it gets to the middle, then they're ready to go. Supposedly, it speeds up the game, but it also gets a rhythm going in the game. So I'm curious to see how that'll go. I wasn't real a fan of that at the beginning because I'm a defend, defensive coach, so I'm not so sure it doesn't give the advantage to the offense, you know, by putting the ball down sooner rather than waiting for that 25 second ready for play. But uh, I, I think football is in a good spot right now at the nationally, at the at the national level, and at the state level. So. I think we need to focus on, on the benefits of, of football and, and what the kids get out of it. That's awesome. And coaches, we, yeah, and coaches, we need to go ahead and, and just make things fun. Remember, we're dealing with high school kids. Uh, they're, at a, they're at a great uh, learning age of, of their life, and we just need to make them understand that the benefits of participating are so much greater than any other sport out there. Hey, Wade, thank you so much. we got to get you a break. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Wade. Thank you, Wade. Yeah, thanks, guys. You thanks. bet. We'll get you a break. Other side of the break, uh, Mike Brewer and Ted Schneider will join us. We'll continue our conversation. We talk about the forum, youth football forum, that was held up uh, with Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. This is the Pick and Save, Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. No games on the schedule? No! That doesn't stop us from talking football. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Here are your hosts, past WFCA President Tom Swiddle and WSSP High School Insider Big Time Mike McGiver. Welcome back into the show. I'm Mike McGiver alongside coach Tom Swiddle. We are now joined in studio, Mike Brewer. He's the commissioner of the All-American Youth Football League. Michael, how you been? Good, Mike. How are you, bud? It's good to see you. It's been a while. It's been a couple minutes. It's been a couple minutes. Ted <laughs> Schneider, president of the, the WYF. He is in uh, studio with us as well. Ted, how you been? Excellent. Yeah, things good? Yes, very good. Hey, so uh, listening to, to the numbers that Wade threw out there, um, 3,100 kids or so in 2006, 2,700 in 2016, um, it seems to just mirror the number of kids that are in high school. Right, right. So, you know, with 12.9 less kids, uh, percent less kids than in 2006 to now, and, and uh, same decrease in football numbers. Hey, Mike, in, in, your, uh, in your youth football league, how are the numbers? 
I would say the percentages are about the same that uh, that Wade was talking about. I mean, you know, we were at 7,500 kids, uh, I would say, no more than five years ago. And now we are somewhere in the 6,500, 7,000 range. Um, and a lot of that, obviously, you know, everyone talks about the scares and all that kind of stuff, which we'll get into. But part of it, quite frankly, is some of the communities are getting older. You know, New right. Berlin's one of them. And, and, and the fact that people aren't having five, six, seven kids the way they used to, they're having two or three kids. That's a lot to do with it. And it has, I, th- I think, a lot to do with it. And, and, you know, people are running around going, man, the numbers are down, football's dying, nobody's... And it's, it, it just mirrors what's happening in our community, I think. I, I think there there isn't anything um, uh, other than that. I, I really do. I think that the same number of kids, percentage-wise, are looking to play football. Ted, how about by you guys? Um, I'm consistent with everyone else. Uh, looking at the last two years, uh, we're actually down 4% from 17 to 18. And, and, and Ted, uh, tell people you run – um, the Waukesha, uh, the Waukesha Youth Football Program, yep. and also the Classic Youth Football. League. Right. Yeah. So, so you, so you're kind of in both. In the Waukesha, is that just all Waukesha kids playing the same, on the, in the same organization? Yeah. Depending, uh, it doesn't matter what school they're high school they're going to. Split up by the high school boundaries. So it is. Yes. And you're down four percent. Yeah, and that's league wide. That's you know with the Oconomowoc, the Kettle Moraines, the Menominee Falls, all of those leagues or all of those groups come together. If your teams played against Brewers teams, who would win? Not a chance. Yeah, that's what I thought. Clearly, anyway, ours. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, I kind of knew that was was coming. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, let's get to the next one. Uh, how would Whitefish Bay get against you? Know, we'll, we'll talk to him later. We'll talk to him and his son Harry later about how they would do. Hey, um, talk a little bit if you can, Mike, about this forum in Green Bay and what it meant for the All American Youth Football League to be a part of. Well, I think the forum it was. We used to have this forum a number of years ago, and it stopped for various reasons. And when it came back up, uh, when USA Football and when Ryan also approached us this year about it, we were very energetic because finally we had a chance again for everybody in the state to get together at one spot at one time and actually discuss different things that are going on. Because what happens in Ted's league, what happens in our league, we're the two largest, um, doesn't happen in the central part of the state. It does, you know, they have third through sixth grade, and they have the middle school football format that Tom was talking about earlier, where it's seventh and eighth grade in the middle schools. And there are different dynamics when you talk about different ages and everything. So it got a chance for us to not only collaborate, but also coming out of that, it gives a better opportunity for leagues like our two leagues, who once upon a time went after each other, kind of to coalesce and say, what can we do that's best for this sport? And how can we best manage the situation? And I think that that to be able to to have that conversation, and 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 we talked about Tom, what a great first step to have all these guys together is is this forum, where was there, you you had the they had the availability to ask questions and talk. Were there subgroups getting together? Were there wait, wait talk about the day itself? Well, the day I there weren't any uh, subgroups that that uh, I was aware of. I mean, I, everything was done in a large group, um, so there wasn't any other than maybe at break times or something where those kinds of conversations were happening. 
Um, interestingly, and, and you know, during the break, Mike, I got a, a text from uh, Dan Brunner, and there's going to be uh, the next step of the um, Youth Football Alliance, um, I'm told, is going to be June 13th. Correct. And uh, um, uh, Dan... Uh, you know, would like me and Doug to attend that as well. But um, so, you know, it is moving forward and, and there is going to be a next step, which I think is excellent um, in regards to, you know, that youth forum that we had. Yeah, I agree. Ted, how about for you, for your group? First of all, how many, how many people from Waukesha and, and from the, your, your uh, league that you're running, how many guys went up for that? There were four of us that four went of up. us. Yeah. Mike, how many for you guys? Uh, myself plus two others. Okay. Which, and, and, did, did you get everything out of that, Ted, that you, you were hoping to get out of it? Um, I'm a little more involved with USA Football. Um, I also sit on a commissioner task force with USA Football, so I'm one of 10 or 11 from across the country that twice or three times a year get together and talk about youth football issues. And, you know, pretty much look at USA Football's track as what they think is needs to be done. And we're pretty much the sounding board for that and, and pretty much are very candid as to how we feel their direction is. So, But I thought it was important for the state to get together again at the forum and talking to Ryan over the course of a year trying to get this to happen. Uh, I, I think it turned out you know, as well as it could have, you know, because there was a lot of very good information. It's good getting everyone from across the state together so that we can actually, you know, start talking and the alliance is the next step. Ted, do you, do you guys think, and Mike, do you guys think it's important that what your league does and, and, and Ted's league does is, is uniformed? I do. I do. And some of it is proximity, some of it is size-wise. But, you know, when you talk about the leagues like ours, basically between our two leagues minus the city – we cover virtually everything in the entire southeast part of the state. So what they do, you know, with Falls or with Hamilton or with KM, we can do with Badger and Whitnell and vice versa. And we can work together to at least ensure that everybody in our area of the state, in our corner of the state, you know, we're the model. You know, when I go around the state and everything to, to various other leagues back in my former position, they always said, well, yeah, we take the rules that you guys have down there, and two years later, we're doing it and so and modifying it to what they're doing. And I think the same goes for us with WIA. You know, acclimatization is a prime example. When we had acclimatization, when they came up with acclimatization, that following year, boom, we were doing it right off the bat. And that trickle-down effect is so important, and I think we need to be in lockstep as close as we can to be leaders across the state to – affect better change because if we don't change it's not going to happen how how hard is it and and we had this kind of time and i had this conversation earlier in the show there are people in the state who who think that we shouldn't be having these kids play tackle football until freshman year in high school if if you've got board members and you've got board members that have similar thoughts but then other guys don't think it how important is is that kind of information to get out from from guys from up north to come down here to throughout the state to say, hey, look, should we all be doing something like this? Well, I, I, my feelings are that kids need to be involved in something. Um, you know, the kids today don't 
go grab a ball and grab the neighborhood kids and do a, you know, a, a side lot schmear like we used to do when we were kids. And it's, you know, it, it's, you know, that's where we fell in love with, with the game. And then when we got old enough and we went into middle school or high school, that's where we started playing. Um, now kids are always in organized leagues and we have to offer those type of opportunities, whether it's tackle, you know, whatever type of tackle it is, or it's flag, we need kids out there and, and being active in something. And, and that's really what we're trying to promote. Mike Shape, same thing. And we have that in our room. Um, you know, there are some people in our league that feel strongly that tackle should only start in seventh grade. And part of that is in response to numbers. You know, in fact, one of the guys that's coming in, Matt Kern, he's one of the people who is a proponent of tackle or a flag, excuse me, at least in fifth grade. Right. And he's of the thought process that it'll bring in more numbers. More numbers will then carry through the rest of the program. You know, there's a pushback, though, on the other side, like you said, of those who, well, this is the way we've done it. It hasn't right. it, it hasn't caused a problem. And really, part of that issue, I firmly believe, is as much as people say flag in fifth and sixth grade, that will help with numbers. I think part of it is education. And I think that education can't come locally because we can talk our heads off. It's got to come nationally. Well, Coach Buddha, who you're very familiar with, they don't play tackle football, and he's a – he said, "Look, if I've got, if I've got forty kids in a fifth grade class, and I have thirty-eight kids that stay with it through eighth grade, I got thirty-eight kids that are coming out for freshman football, and for the most part, are staying in the program." And he said, "I, I don't think it's because I'm such a wonderful guy and a great coach, but these kids learn the game, and they're not fearful of it. Right. If you've got a kid fifth, sixth, seventh grade." that he's going up against kids a little different size, a little different uh, ability, and he gets dinged up, he's like, and, and, and they, they, they leave the game because of the fear factor before they really know how to play it. And I'm able to teach it to him. And, and he said, look, I'm not changing. This is the way we do it, and, and it's really worked for us. And then I've had other people come up to me and say, hey, do you think this will ever be statewide? And I said, I don't know how that could happen, but this is the way that stuff starts. Yeah, right? it has to begin somewhere, and, and this is a positive first step. I mean, just the fact that you have you know, a president of a league, a commissioner of a league, you've got all those people that attended that youth forum. They all heard the same message. They all seem to be on the same page with things. I mean, I think it's a really positive first step. But it's like, what do we do next, right? right? So, you know, where are we going with this? Everybody's feeling good right now. You know, what are we going to do? So and, it, it just needs to continue the and discussion. Again, it's, it's you know, in every part of our lives, you're going to have, if there's four people in a room, there's going to be normally four opinions. And how can, you see, how can you say, okay, well, let's just come with one opinion here and let's get everybody on the same page. And, and I'm just, I, I'm really actually excited about the numbers that that uh, Wade was talking about. Yeah. You it's eye opening. I mean, everybody it thinks it's but if you look at the whole picture, right, right? Which certain people, you know, when it's reported in the media, that's they don't want the whole picture out no. there. They just want their agenda. Yeah, you no know? doubt. And that's yeah, in a lot of different areas. And let's uh, let's get to a break. We'll continue our conversation with Mike Brewer and Ted Schneider on the other side. This is the pick and save. Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He is Tom Swiddle. In studio, we've been talking with Mike Brewer, who's the commissioner of the All-American Youth Football League, and Ted Schneider, president of the WYF, Waukesha Youth Football. And, uh, if, you know, Tom, it's funny. If people think that football only goes from August to November, you know, you guys are as busy this time of year with some of this other stuff than you are when when football season starts. Um, and I think it's important that people understand that there are some some guys much smarter than I am trying to figure out, you know, how to keep kids interested and in, in playing football. Hey, Ted, you guys, uh, we talked during the break, and I'm familiar with this. You guys are, are starting this rookie league, correct? That's correct. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we uh, about a year ago uh, started talking at the league level. I had a discussion with uh, Chuck Kyle, who coaches at St. Ignatius in Cleveland, because he started a similar program out there a few years ago. And so I was just picking his brain. You know, what's this all about? Because at the national level, there's a number of areas and pockets that are starting some type of modified tackle program. You know, rather than 11 on 11, what can they do? So we started about a year ago talking about transferring our fifth grade to a rookie tackle, and we're, we're all in this year. We're doing eight on eight. Uh, what it does is it allows kids to play different positions. Um, you know, Wade was talking about, you know, how kids stay active in it. One of the benefits of this is kids don't, aren't isolated to one position. They actually have to rotate to different positions, and the key is the kids get to touch the ball. And at fifth grade, you know, you got to try to get their interest and excitement and love for the game so that they continue to play, and that's one of the things we're looking at. Hey, Mike, what uh, what's your feeling on that? Is that something that your, your league would look at? Well, and actually when Ted and I were talking about that, the uh, national conference down in Orlando, um, one of the things that we discussed was that if they're moving that, way for this year we let's take a look at this and let's see if maybe we can take parts of that or take the whole thing maybe there's a segment of our population that would do that and look to 2020 2021 because it's going to take that time to be able to get it through the whole process tom what's your feeling on that i think it's a really good idea and i, I love the fact that these guys are going to step out and give it a shot and see if this thing works and then mike's group's going to say great you guys step out, see if it works, and, and if it does, then let's have that conversation. Well, I know it's being done in other states. Rob Younger at, in Oregon, they, they've been doing this for a, a while now, and uh, um, he's very enthused about it. He thinks it's really helping youth football. And, um, you know, for me, it's, you know, give it a shot, see how it works. You know, I haven't seen it live or anything like that, but what Ted's described to me is very interesting, and there's no reason why it can't work. Ted, could I ask you, in, in your rookie tackle, it's tackle, right? Correct. And do you get into three-point stances? I know there are some leagues at the lower levels you don't get into a three-point stance or they modify the rules a little bit. What what are the rules um, of your rookie? Um, we're allowing the teams to do the two-point or the two-point stance or three-point stance. Okay. Because you know? we've got some coaches that have already been working with the fourth graders that are coming up to fifth grade. Yeah. And they don't want to lose that, right? Um, so we're we're giving the option either way. Um, you know, the, 
we've put some precautions in our rules to kind of address that a little bit. Um, so, you know, it's going to be one of those, let's see where it goes, you know, and yeah. if, if it causes more issues then we may adjust on the fly too. Okay. And, and another question. Um, so everybody gets a chance to, to touch the ball. I know my background in youth football is AAYFL where we had weight limits and, and things like that. I mean, do you have any kind of weight limit of who can carry the ball or handle the ball? No, it's, it's bigs and littles. It's, you know, and basically for the line. Um, you know, so you have the big line against the big line because uh, you have to kind of control that a little bit um, so you don't have the little 50-pounder going against the 100-pound kid. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of trust giving to the coaches to kind of make sure they know who their big line is and who their little line is. There's a conversation before the game as to what they're going to start with so that it gives, you know, other kids the opportunity to actually play a line position even if they're at 50 pounds. Yeah. So a fifth grader that weighs 140 pounds could carry the football. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, that gives everybody a chance to see where and how. And that kid, that big kid in fifth grade could be the littlest kid by, you know, eighth grade. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that I coached basketball kids that they were the, you know, five foot 10 in sixth grade and they were five foot 10 when they were senior in high school. Right? Yeah. You know, and I think that that, that stuff is really important. Hey Mike, the, the if you looked at at this this forum that that you guys were a part of for March tonight, if if you could add anything or or tweak it at all, um, what would you do to 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 make it better for what you guys were looking for? Well, I think it was a good first step. You know, I think knowledge is power, as we've all said throughout our whole lives. Knowledge is power, and knowing what's going on, not only in our little corner of the world, but throughout the rest of the state, I think is pivotal. For us to be able to take back and say to our constituents, hey, look, you know what? We haven't thought of this idea. This is working here. Why don't we try and, and work through this and see if this works? You know, um, I think the one take back would be to have a little bit more of that small group time, if you will. You know, the alliance meeting that Tom was just mentioning um, and that you mentioned that we're having in June. That's really, okay, what's the next step? Where can we go from here? And, and I think that's a pivotal thing is for us to at least, if we could have even started it there, and I understand we only have a little bit of time, but if we could at least started that talk there, I think we would know where we're headed the next step. And I think that's the most critical part of it. I th take back if there was any sort of quote-unquote criticism that I would have. And, and you know what? That's really valuable. You know, it's valuable information for for all of this and and how much communication do you guys have with other leagues throughout the state very little very little at this point and that's that was one of the motivators to have this you know conference because and, and that's really where the alliance is that's the first uh thing i'm looking at is really to develop a database of what football leagues are out there what programs are out there what levels what are they playing you know who's the contacts um, I look at the alliance, you know, you look at what's going on in some of the other states with legislation, you know, we need to be ahead of the game on that too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so having a database so that grassroots can be talking to the right people so that that prevents anything happening down the road in Wisconsin is key. Mm -hmm. Well, and just a reminder, uh, Wade mentioned it, that we are trying to establish a database of, yep. of all of the, you know, youth leagues and, and teams and so on. And, 
And uh, Wade had mentioned, and, and to anybody listening who may be involved in youth football that hasn't done so, please contact uh, Dan Brunner. You can find him on the WFCA website, his contact information. Send your contact information to Dan so that the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association can establish this and, database. And do, you, do you want coaches? Do you just want guys that are running leagues? Do you want everybody who's involved in youth football to get involved in that database? Well, we certainly would want individuals running leagues, but sure. even yourself individually as a, as a coach, you know, let's get you on our database. Yeah, because again, you talked about knowledge being the strength of this thing, and and that's the the, the better that database is going to be. Oh yeah. The, the easier it's going to be to disseminate all the information. Well, that imagine you, you know sending out an email blast. You know you're able to do that so efficiently versus what we've got now. Mike, Ted, thank you. I really appreciate you guys and the willingness to come in and have this conversation because I think the more we we open up the airwaves and talk about stuff like this, to, to let people know and parents know and groups know that that you guys are thinking about this nonstop, mm-hmm. talking about it, trying to f- make sure that that you know, 10 years from now, that our numbers are what they are now or even better, I think it's really important. So thank you very much. Good to see you guys again. Good to yeah. see you guys. Thank yep. you guys. You Appreciate bet. It. Let's Thanks get for to, inviting us. No problem. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented, as always, by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development. Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle. Hey, uh, good conversation. These yeah. guys, great show. You really, know, every, everybody that we've had on is committed to youth football. I mean, they want to they improve. They want to redefine. They want to make it right. Yeah, and that's – look, not all sports have that. Just so you, you know right. that. You've been around yeah. this this stuff. You know, a lot of guys that are off on their own saying, look, I'm just going to do my thing and not worried about the overall health of this. Right. Because I got to get my wins. I got to get my kids. I got to get my AAU program. I got to get my seven on seven. That's what they care about. But when you have a group of people that care passionately about the overall sport, the health of the sport throughout the state of Wisconsin, I think you're on the right step. You're on the right page on this thing, right? We're now joined in studio. Head uh, football coach at New Berlin Eisenhower, Matt Kern. Coach, how you been? Hey, doing good, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Matt, it's good to see you. Yeah, I always got, I, got, I see you once or twice around this time of year, and then come uh, come August we we talk a lot. So, how is your you know, you don't have an off season, but how's your off season going? That's been going well. Um, you know, we've got a, we've got a pretty good thing going with our kids and our culture at the schools. So, yeah, you know, off season with them is going real well, and they're all in the weight excited. room. And- oh yeah, we're there. Working hard and uh, looking forward to getting the school year over with, so they can get on with uh, our season. Hopefully, yeah. This August. and this weather didn't help. They they want to get out of school right now. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> right now, we are also joined in studio the program administrator for the Whitefish Bay Youth Football. He's Mark Bartolotti. Bart Bartolotti. Bartolotti. I'm there, man. I got the eye this time. Yes, you got the eye. He yelled better. at me during the break. Why do you always want to put an A on everything? I don't know, Coach. <laughs> I didn't think so. I didn't think I did that until you just told me. Now that'll be in my head all the time. Mike, how you been? I'm doing well. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks for having uh, us. Nice to meet uh, your son, Harry. What what grade is Harry in? Harry will be a seventh grader. He's in sixth now. He'll be a seventh grader next season. So that, he's looking forward to it. That's awesome. Does he play football? 
He, he, yeah, he, he's one of the few kids that doesn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> we may, but we, I don't need to push him, so it's it's okay. Yeah, we'll pro- we'll get we'll get Harry to a microphone <laughs> that next segment, and we'll talk to him a little bit. Hey, Matt, um, this whole thing that we're talking about with this forum in Green Bay, it seems like, look, there might be a tweak or two that a couple guys said, like, I, I would tweak this or tweak that, but overall, what a huge success. Yeah, and I, and I when I heard about that initially, I was really excited about it because you know the one thing I always push on our league, the AAYFL, about is let's find some direction from the top on how some of these subjects should be handled. And I think having a statewide conversation like the one that the that clinic was trying to have, I think it's a great start in that direction. Yeah, I do too. And I think that look for for. Your youth program out in New Berlin, you're really involved with that. In fact, that's where you came from before you became the head football coach at Eisenhower, and you're still very involved. You know, this this kind of stuff can only help. And and if you guys are all on the same page and, and parents see that and, you, and you're speaking out of the same choir book, I think it's just really good for everybody. You know, one of the reasons why I asked uh, Matt and Bordeaux to be on is because of their backgrounds. I mean, uh, Matt's presently the head coach at at New Berlin Eisenhower, but you know was also very involved, obviously, in the youth program there. Bordo was is a former head football coach right. at a high school, and now is running the Whitefish Bay. So they have it from the you know from the high school on down. They have that perspective, and right. you know a lot of guys don't have that perspective, Mike. They really don't. They they don't see from you know, a senior in high school to a fifth grader. They they don't see the progression as well as these two guys do. Yeah. Hey, um, Mike, same question for you. And, and the health of the uh, Whitefish Bay Youth Football Program healthy right now? It is. So we've, you know, we've been on this show before and we've talked about yep. kind of our philosophy at Whitefish Bay. Um, it's consistent with a lot of other programs, but it's it's different than a few. When, when it, we talk about, you know, the importance of winning and that kind of stuff, our, you know, I talk to Jake often about, you know, how many kids are coming from eighth to freshman, and we're all about delivering numbers of the high school. Um, we all love to win. We all love to compete. Um, you know, it's fun. The kids have fun with it, but we just have to deliver. You know, Whitefish Bay is different. We don't have a weight limit problem at our at our youth program. We don't have many kids that are over 100, 150 pounds. Every right. once in a while, I get one, but we don't have that problem. We have a problem or a challenge with our soccer program being, you know, three-time state champ a few years ago and being very competitive, and they right. have a ton of kids in the program there. We have a, a number of kids that play baseball. You know, my son plays three sports in high school. A lot of other kids play three sports in high school. So there's just so many different things pulling these kids. And so for us, it's it's Wade had some interesting, you know, discussion about um, you, you can't do, you know, 100 gassers anymore. Make that make that conditioning fun and that kind of thing. So we we stress that a lot. It's deliver as many kids of the high school as possible and hopefully it translates into a, a larger group at the varsity level. Matt, you got you got to love that and that's kind of the same mission statement that that the youth program at New, New Berlin Eisenhower has, right? Well, for sure. I mean, everyone's trying to accomplish the same thing in terms of numbers and I think we're in this phase of prep football where we're all trying to figure out what the best way is to do that, whether it's a flag program through a certain grade level, whether it's a graduated approach to get them to freshman year. Um, I mean, we have an interesting setup now where we've combined our, we got rid of our third and fourth grade tackle program before last season and combined with New Berlin West to form a flag league. We had 44 kids last year. We're on our way to about 70 this year. Um, whereas though our, our fifth and sixth grade numbers are still down. And so we're, we're just, we're trying to find the right combination, but 
Um, I, I do think a graduated approach, you know, where we can eventually get our kids in seventh and eighth grade playing full tackle football, that would be the approach that I would advocate for, and I think it would be the one that would, you know, help the game to be the healthiest at the high school level. Do you, do you find a lot of people agreeing with you on that, or a lot of people saying, "But that's not the way we've always done it"? Well, I I think. Locally in New Berlin, I get a lot of agreement. I think our staff's in agreement with me. I think a lot of the parents and community members and booster club supporters understand kind of my approach and my thought with it. But, you know, I was it was interesting for me listening to Mike in the last segment. You know, Mike and I have had some really great discussions over the last year or two about what I think the AAYFL's role should be in providing some direction. I, I always take the approach of we're looking back on 2019 20 years from now or 10 years from now and, and what do I think is best for growing the game and preserving the game and my opinion is is you know there's always going to be programs that want tackle football in first grade and there's going to be other ones that don't want it until freshman year and we need direction you know as much direction as we can provide whether it's the state the national level that's who can make that decision Tom is there any is there any governing body to all of the leagues throughout the state of Wisconsin? There is not a governing body for that. I mean, there's not a WIAA of, of youth football. So, and, and, and that is why I think it's critical and so important that, you know, the, the, the football alliance in, in our state for youth football, you know, that there's that discussion. I mean, the fact that we're having this discussion, right? I mean, the fact that, that you know, you've got – individuals from all different levels from high school coaches to presidents of organizations to whatever having the same discussion is is very important but it is that next step you right. know and i don't know mike that you're ever going to get total complete agreement yeah with I, anything that I, that's just sort of my background have, have you know you, i've never mike i've never been a part of anything that's gotten 100 percent agreement but the way when you look at the football conference, football conference only that Sarver did with the WIA and how they did it, he didn't have a hundred percent agreement. No, but the way they did it, they have it. They had, you know, the, the 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 decision process, the way that whole thing worked. That there's a template there, right? There is a template, and you're not going to get everybody happy. But if you're looking at the health, and look, maybe but, you Kern's know, the guy who runs the thing. Who knows? But right. he, you know. Not everybody's going to agree with him. That's for sure. There's there's going to be three people disagreeing with him before he gets out of the studio sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, you, you look at it, and even though you might not agree with it, or, you know, I'm talking about the football-only conference, using that as an example because you brought it up, even though you might not agree with it from your own personal standpoint, you at least understand why it was done, yeah. right? I mean, at least you you understand why it was done. Yeah, I agree. I agree. With and that I think much. anybody can see why, you know, why is youth football having an alliance meeting? This is why. So. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Hey, we're going to try to get Harry up to a microphone here, Jeff. You can move that one over. I want to talk. Uh, Harry, if you'd step over here, please. So you uh, you play uh, football. What position do you play? Do you play all, all kinds of different positions? I play mostly running back and yeah. linebacker. So if, if they said to you in what grade you're going to be in what grade now? I'm going to be in seventh. So if they said, and you played tackle last year? Yeah. If they said, hey, Harry, we're going to move the flag football in seventh to eighth grade, how would you feel about that? It wouldn't be as much fun to play tag because there's not as much action. Right. Like, yeah. And Harry, you're not the biggest kid. You know, I'm, I'm sure you're quick and you, and, you, and you get, you know, you move with the ball a little bit. Um, is there a fear for you playing football or do you just really enjoy it? 
yeah, I just really enjoy it because I know I have pads on, so. Yeah, and that'll take care of you. Mike, uh, you're going to stay right there, Harry, because I'm going to keep you in on this conversation because I think it's important. Look, he's a really well-spoken junior Duke kid, right? But he he's playing it. We're talking about it. He's a kid who's actually playing it, and I think it's important that we we ask these kids what look. He doesn't want to play flag football anymore. Yeah, you know, you know we've had a situation in Whitefish Bay where our rec department has had a, I believe it was first through fourth grade uh, flag, and then a lot of the kids would transition and tackle uh, into the Junior Dukes program. They've expanded that now. I believe it's into sixth grade now. Okay. So they actually play at the same time as we do. So our kids will be warming up on top of the hill and they'll walk by their buddies. And um, it's actually a really nice marketing piece for us because those kids playing flag kind of always stop and watch our guys walking through with the pads on. And yeah, you know, it's probably a little more structured. Um, but we're okay with with flag. You know, Labuda's done that that program uh, where he does the flag. Yeah. Up until eighth grade, I believe it's. It is. You know, and. Yep. Uh, and you know, he swears by it. He swears by it. It works he well for him. He completely swears yeah. by it, and he thinks the reason he has a consistent number is is because of that. But then you talk to a young man, kid that, like you said, he has no choice. He's playing, you know. But and and you're kid half kidding with that. I'm sure if he said, "Look, I want to, I want to go play soccer," you, no, you might not be okay with that. But you know, and and he, this is what he wants to play, and and I think that that's important that we listen to these kids a little bit. But as grown adults, we make the decision that we think is right is is the correct one for them. Guys, we got to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show, presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising Leadership Development and Mike McGivern alongside Tom Swiddle. We're joined, uh, second segment, Matt Kern, head football coach at New Berlin Eisenhower, and uh, Mark Mike Bartolotti. He is a program administrator, Whitefish Bay Youth Football. We also talked to his son, Harry, about, about playing this. And it's interesting, during the break, Matt, we talked about, you know, who are we serving here? You know, are we serving these kids? Are we serving the league? Are we serving? That's the tough part. You know, there is, look, when youth football, there's a lot of chiefs in that, right? A lot of cooks in the kitchen on this thing. And, and, but I do think that this, this forum thing is a good first step, but it's a long way away from, from having it uniformed and how, you know, people want it because there's a lot of different ways that, that people want this thing to go. Well, and because there is no one, governing authority that's over the top of all this stuff it's almost like like a congressional approach to trying to fix these things and we all know how that works for our national government sometimes <laughs> trying to do things that way and, and but that's really what it is you're trying to bring different stakeholders to the table that all have slightly different opinions and trying to talk them into hey let's not think about your program let's think about the sport you know and that's how I try to approach the conversations that I have with the leadership of either the WFCA the WIA AAYFL is my opinions are almost irregardless of anything going on with our program, I'm just thinking about the sport and the game because my biggest fear is you know, prep football could be on its way to being a niche sport 10, 15, 20 years from now if we're not careful where we create haves and have-nots. Well, let's let this community have first and second grade football, but this community is not going to start till seventh grade, and I, I just don't think that's a healthy approach hey, for the game. Would you guys, Mike and, and Matt, would you guys, would you guys agree 
to having an overall a governing body for youth football in the state of Wisconsin? One hundred percent. And yeah. do other states have that? You know, that's a great question. I don't know what other states do. Um, yeah, for I, me, it kind of feels like the WIAA, perhaps the coaches association, start that process uh, more than probably the coaches association. Yeah. Well, you know, Bortle, that is something that we're very interested in doing. As I said before, it's, you know, it's it's an initiative for us to be involved in youth football. And, you know, thankfully, you know, there, there's other agents in that, too, with the Packers and USA football and, and, and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we want to, to do what's right for the game, and that's the most important thing. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if Oregon – it's possible that they have a governing youth football um, board there in, in Oregon based on our conversations, Mike, with Rob Younger last year and just some of the things I know that they've done. So have you guys with the WFCA had these conversations of saying, look, maybe we need to help start this process of, of getting a board to, to, to represent the entire state? Yeah, in fact, you know, we were going to do our form at the clinic this year. Okay. And you know that's when I mean, and and uh, Ryan brought that up. Uh, Dan and I were were driving from after a meeting in Stevens Point with with Wade Lebecki, and I'm going to call Ryan Fensel, and that's when we found out they had something scheduled because we wanted to do it, you know, and so we kind of you know joined their their forum, but. Um, you know, it's there's so many people that have so many great ideas. It's just a matter of getting everybody together and just talking it through. Yeah, it's more than that, though, Tom. You know that because Kern's got his idea and Bordeaux's got his idea and the guy up in, you know, Stevens Point has his idea and the guy over yeah. in Lancaster and the guy over at Cuba City. But, you know, both Matt and, and Mike are, are very active members of the WFCA. So they understand how the organization works, you know, and, and, you know, I, I think, you know, their background knows that if the WFCA can get involved, that, you know, it's going to be done for what's right for the state. Cause that's just how we operate. I think a streamlined process led by the coach association to help kind of organize this thing. Cause, cause Matt and I, we we're just talking off the air. You go to these, these AAYFL meetings, which is a governing body that both of our programs are a part of. And then you have, we had a Waukesha team this year present that they wanted to come into our organization. So it, it just, it, it feels like if we could, we could streamline this process, get everybody on the same page. But, and if only 50% of the people are happy, you're probably doing your job. Porter, let me ask you this. Is Harry your youngest? He is. So three years from now, are you still going to be part of youth football? You know, that's one of the, that's one of the questions too you know, Matt said he's a different cat. He's a football through and right, through. Right. You know. Well, I mean, uh, t- my state, my situation's unique, right? Um, but most program administrators are probably getting out when their kid is out of the program. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't have a whole lot going on, I guess. <laughs> I predict in three. I predict in three years, Bortle is coaching again at Whitefish Bay High School. Is my guess. Right we'll here, we have. We'll have to talk but, to my wife first. But, she, she makes most of the decisions. So. What, what's her name? Mary. Is she listening right now? Probably not. Mary, he's probably coaching that. No, we're not telling. But you, you understand? Because that's different. Look, Swiddle was a high school football coach for a long time. And he was coaching before his kid was there. And he's coaching after his kid. You know, so the, yeah. so now you're going to have guys making decisions for for teams and leagues. And, and these guys are going to be there two more years. Right. And all of a sudden, they're voting on stuff that's going to happen four years from now when they're not even involved. 
there's a lot of man, a lot of moving parts on this one. So, you know, I, I don't know if you. This might be too much for you boys, man. You might want to <laughs> WFCA. You guys are busy enough. What do you think of getting involved with this? But I think it would be good for the over, overall health of the game and for the state of Wisconsin. But you know, you think about you guys saying, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna set this up and we're gonna run this," and then you've get four leagues up north that go not right. gonna be a part of that. Who who are you to tell us what to do? Right. We've done it this way. You worried about that? Well, I mean, all you can do is offer. Yeah. And and if somebody is has that kind of attitude, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. But yeah. if, you know, I, again, it's 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 like anything we've done from the district plan years ago to football only conferences. You know, it's it's what's best for the state of Wisconsin, and it may not be the best thing for you individually, but what is best for the state of Wisconsin in regards to football, and that's the attitude that you have to have. And you know, I mean. What do we have? Six percent of the schools didn't like where they were put in the football only conference. So, but that meant ninety four percent were okay with it, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that that that's the attitude to have, and I would love to to see this thing happen. And, and again, that that forum on March 9th was a, was a great mini first step, right? I, I to, yeah. to have that that conversation with with all of it. Hey, Mike, how how good of a player is Young Harry? Is he pretty good? <laughs> Uh, he, he's he's the kid that gets yelled at the most, and uh, he does. He's, he's, His name is TC Swiddle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got no chance really. The, when, um, when he gets home, does does Mary give him a hug and Mary, say, "Don't worry yeah, about it." All, my other son and my oldest daughter are always commenting how she babies him. Yeah, he's the baby. So, and he's you know what, <laughs> young Harry should be baby. There's there's no doubt. He, I, you coach his team. I do. Yep. How yeah. is that for you? How is that? Yeah. Relationship? So I, I had is that. It, you know, I coach at the high school level for. Yep. A, Felt like twenty years, I believe, and then came back and started. I, I our old head coach Jim Tejan, yeah. and uh, was a dear friend of mine. And God rest and his soul, Carl Fuda. I promised those two guys. I said I'll take the program through my youngest son's right, um, you know, eighth grade season, and then I'll evaluate where it's at. And so it's been shoot. It's feels like it's been about eight, eight, nine years now. Um, and so uh, it's been fun. I've yeah. enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's not hard. easy, it's, but it's, it is. It's hard coaching easy. our our yeah. sons, man. You know that that was a difficult for for thing for me in the basketball world. Um, it, when we look at it now, it's great. Yeah. You know, we we edited out any of the bad stuff. <laughs> Absolutely, and that'll happen with young Harry as he gets a little bit older. Um, unless you continue with him through the high school, then he might say enough, man. And he might say, if I play in college, you better not be coming there to coach too, because <laughs> I need a break from you. I need a, definitely a break. When do you guys get going with with youth football? You guys get going yeah, about the same time? I think we're August. It's well, usually about the first Monday of August. Yeah, I think I, we were. It's coming up, man. Oh, yeah. I think the 12th this year. We, we're the 12th, I believe it is. Let's have a little summer here first. <laughs> no, forget it. Forget it. Just get right into it. You know, other states, you guys, have, you only have, uh, there's more that, contact yeah, days. That that's used, a whole other topic. That used yeah. to amaze we could do me. a two-hour show on it, guys. Yeah, that used to amaze me because... It, technically, you can start the it, at least when I was Saturday, in AY, yeah. the first Saturday in August. So these guys would That's be practicing. It. High school hasn't even started, and they don't play a game until after Labor Day. Oh, we'd be like, ridiculous. oh my gosh, yeah, you well, know, yeah, we don't, we don't want that. Hey guys, thank you. We got uh, we got about a minute left, and and uh, Mike, I really appreciate you guys coming in, Matt. It's always good to see you. And uh, a lot of seniors back this year. What uh, yeah. what should we expect from that tough New Berlin Eisenhower? Yeah, we are going to be pretty heavily senior-led this year. We've got a lot of experienced guys coming back from 
you know, from what has been two pretty successful seasons here. So oh, you think? We're we're excited about what what we can potentially do again this year. What do we know about uh, Jake Walter and the Whitefish Bay yeah, Boys? Yeah, well, I'm proud to announce. I think I hired Jake as the fifth grade offensive coordinator. So that's, that'll be. Uh, <laughs> oh, we have to figure out the deal, the details there. But um, so the high school program is going to be junior led. Right. Be about 22 juniors and, and a smaller senior grade this year. So it's going to be a, another interesting yeah, year. That was big breaking news. Yeah. Jake <laughs> Walter. Big step being the offensive coordinator for the fifth grade junior. We got to close raft camp on the old line job. Yeah, there you get go. Those two will be good. Yeah, that's awesome. Coach, good to see you, Tom. Thank you very much. You're welcome. It's a great show. Really, really valuable information on, on what's going on behind the scenes. So thank you very much, boys. This has uh, been your Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coach Association show presented by Raising the Stakes Fundraising and Leadership Development on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.